Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Scaredy Chat, where we talk about our childhood fears and what's scaring us now. I'm Monica Suriagi. And I am Caitlin Riley. And today I'm super excited because we're going to be joined by my lovely friend, Tasha Halibi. She is a director, writer, actress. She's super smart, super talented. And she, when I asked her to be on this podcast, she was like, I can't because I'm not afraid of anything. And then <laughs> that and I was like, seem true. No I one's know. not afraid of anything. But Tasha is fearless. When something goes wrong, she's like, I know how to fix it. When we were all afraid of getting murdered on a trip, she was like, that's not happening. And if any of us is ever surviving a horror movie, it's Sasha. So I'm excited to talk to her about her fears later on. So, Caitlin, I feel like a lot of horror movies are coming out right now. So let's catch up. What have you seen lately? Okay, so we are officially in the summer of horror, but... The last movie that I saw, I just need to talk about because it was absolutely insane. Um, so as anybody who listens to this podcast or just knows me in real life knows, I am like a huge M. Night Shyamalan fan. Unironically, like The Sixth Sense is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. And it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I appreciate the fact that he just is always going to make the most insane film that he can and yes sometimes it doesn't hit the mark you know sometimes there's the happening where the plants make people kill themselves which yeah, is i i can't get behind <laughs> that one i try yeah. but i can't that one doesn't make that one doesn't really work see i understand i understand why people feel that way but i also feel like wow like how brave is that how brave is it to go into like a pitch meeting and be like and the plants did it you know, and it was the plants all along and it was the plants. So that's why I'm always a fan of his. I just think he's really creative and isn't afraid to fail. And he has obviously failed, a, you know, technically, I guess, whatever, I a mean, couple of times. Yeah, I, I like Edmund Shyamalan too. And, you know, he's, he's South Asian. He's from Philly. I'm like, represent. But sometimes yeah. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Which I will say, usually the ability to make bad movie after bad movie after bad movie and keep working is reserved for white men. So yes. the fact that he gets to do that is saying something because not many uh, creators of color get to commercially fail and come back. So I'm glad at least one of us is able to fail and keep going. I will say, you know, for all the pe things that people think he has failed at, he has made some pretty amazing films as well. So Sixth Sense, Signs, I think The Village is very good. Even um, though he stole the plot of that movie from a children's novel. Running Out of Time. Yes, I, I do enjoy that book. <laughs> I, I read that a lot. I, I, loved that, I loved that book. And I remember being like, this should be a movie. And then Signs came out and I was like, whoop, someone stole that plot. The Village. Plot. The Village, yeah. No, oh, sorry. Is... The Village came out. Yes, not Signs, The Village, but yeah. The Science is just a great film also, but uh, The Village, I just love a twist like that. But anyway, sorry, we'll talk about the old movie now. So everybody's yes. calling it, everybody on Twitter is calling the movie um, The Old Beach Movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, Monica, I'm sure you know this, but just to clarify for our audience, the old movie is about a family that goes to this beach and it is a normal looking beach, but it makes you old very quickly. So I saw this with my parents and Ian, my fiance, soon to be husband. And yeah, basically I was the only person who was like, oh my God, wow, this is amazing. 
But basically, yeah, so the whole idea is that you just age rapidly on this beach, but it's not even just like aging rapidly. It's like you're going through all the all the emotions of aging too. So like in one in one thing, I it's not a huge spoiler because it was in the trailer, a girl who was a child ends up getting pregnant and having a baby. And it all happens in like the span of Ew. like five minutes. It is creepy and it is weird, but but yeah, who it's is, just who is this child person becoming sexually involved with with her child mind? Right. So that is that is a weird part of of the movie. I will say that's gross. You're right. Ew. You're right. That that's is nice. a weird part. That is a weird part of the film. But it is. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil that because that is a weird part of the film. And I will say that was probably the least necessary part of it. But the thing that I think is really cool is that the movie also, like, plays with getting old in a way that maybe you wouldn't think. So you assume, okay, oh, okay, person gets old, they get wrinkly, and they decay, and they die, and everything faster. But it's also, like, uh, spoilers, guys, but there's a woman who has, like, some calcium deficiency or bone condition, and so she, like, breaks a bone, but then it because she ages so rapidly, it like sets in place really fast. And she, it, it, there's a scene, and I won't go into too many details because I do recommend everyone go see the old beach movie, um, but where her body like kind of uh, breaks and is reformed. And it is, it is just so absolutely insane. But I really enjoyed the film. Everybody I saw with did not. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, Am I just an unapologetic M. Night Shyamalan fan? I don't know. But hey, I also... You got to be loyal. You got to be loyal. You know? You got to... Yeah. Some people... M. Night needs his loyal fans. Caitlin, you are one of them. Keep supporting his films. I know. I really I really think I should. But you know where it's like... I just think that M. Night Shyamalan has created fears that we didn't even know could be fears. I never thought, oh, I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to get old. Or but that a plant's going to make me shove my head under a lawnmower. Right. I never thought that. But now I don't look at plants the same way. I don't look at beaches the same way. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan has created a whole slew of fears. You know, aliens, yes, I was kind of already freaked out by that concept. And, you know, people being who live a ghost. in being a ghost is spooky, living in a sequestered village that, you know, has been hidden away from the 21st century for reasons on clear exactly um that that has always been an obvious fear i think but with old <laughs> old it's created a whole whole new thing but yeah i i don't know i just think there's not enough creativity out there right now uh in terms of like the things that scare us in movies like it's ghosts it's aliens it's murdery people but it's never an old beach until now until now <laughs> I saw that Alex Wolf is in it, which is, you know, I think he's becoming kind of a horror uh, staple personality. So that was smart casting, I think. Oh, he's absolutely the most delightful person. I mean, every time I look at him, I just think of him being yelled at by Tony Collette in Hereditary and crying and just driving the car with his sister's headless body in the backseat. So he is now, I think, a very iconic, iconic horror character. Um, but let's not forget, before yeah. that, he was on the Naked Brothers Band. I fucking love that show. I absolutely <laughs> love that show. Thank you for bringing that up because people don't talk about it enough. It was great. Of course. And I do want to throw out, you know, another Nickelodeon throwback. I think one of the reasons I'm so salty at M. Night 
Shyamalan is the way he absolutely butchered the Avatar The Last Airbender movie. That movie was so bad that it's hard to forgive him. He ruined you know, it. I never was so into Avatar, so I feel like that's why I I didn't watch either the animated series, I'm sorry, no, no one yell at me, or the new movie. So I feel like that's why I can be like forgiving because I know that a lot of people had a lot of issues with that film, namely how many white people were in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, I mean... You know, it is a little weird. It is so. really weird. Like, um, I love the series. I watched it when it was airing, when I was a kid with my brother, and then I recently rewatched it. And it's so good. The message is so good. And the movie, yeah, there are no white people. None. No, none. Not nary a white face. And he made all the main characters white. And it's Which like, is weird. Bitch, you're not white. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I don't know if this is just my M. Night apologist in me coming out, but I just love him so much. I refuse to believe that he made those choices. I don't know, dude. I don't know. And then he, well, he, so there's like, you know, the, the four nations of the four elements. He made the Fire Nation all Indian people. Oh. And they're the villains, you know, like oh. it's like the villain nation. So that's like where there are some people of color. They're only in the Fire Nation. Oh, no. And then he made the Earth Kingdom Asian people. Um, but the other two and then the airbenders are a, a, a homogenous mix. It's different races. And then the waterbenders are white. And they were the darkest ones in the show in terms of skin tone. Like they looked maybe more Inuit, like darker skin tone. And he made them all white. <laughs> that like, is so weird. It's such a, I would actually love to know, like I would love to read an oral history and just see why why that was a thing. I don't know. I mean, was it just that it just complete lack of uh, awareness at the time it was made? I feel like we were mad about that back then. Like yeah, people were mad. In, yeah, it came out, I think, in 2012. So. Really? I feel like it had to be early. Oh, no, because it was Avatar – and Avatar, remember? Because there was Avatar, like the movie with the blue people. Yes. And then there was Avatar The Last Airbender. And I think they came out almost at the exact same time. It was close. It was close. I could be wrong because I know that I was in high school when Avatar Same. I remember we watched out. it after prom. So yeah, That was a big deal film. But nothing to do with M. Night. <laughs> no, unrelated. <laughs> but He didn't make that one. Okay. Well, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan, Caitlin at least is ready for your next wild premise, and I'm going to need an apology for the Avatar movie before I get back on your side. Uh, team M. Night, amazing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Scaredy Chat listeners, the reason you listen to Caitlin and I babble, we're going to get to the interview. Today, we're talking to the incredibly talented director, writer, actress, uh, fellow Fatal Collective member, and someone I look up to, I have to say, everyone, Tasha Halevi. Hi. Thanks for um, having me to talk about fears. Fear. Yes. Thank <laughs> you for joining us. 
Um, so Tasha, we asked you what your fears were over email a little bit earlier today. Um, usually what we do is just kind of jump into it, but is there any fear that you really, really just need to discuss and get off your chest? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It turns out so many. I loved, like Monica said, you know, like this, you know, we we're talking about your childhood fears and I was like, mm, sorry, can't do it. I don't have any childhood fears. And I was like, well, I guess there was this like one. And then it took a matter of like, I don't know, five minutes for me to go down, like just like a snowball down, like a monstrous mountain of childhood fears that I don't know. I was suppressing who suppresses childhood fears. I don't know. Um, but they all came out, um, in in the last, like in, in like a five minute, like snowball. Um, what's up with mirrors, you guys? Because like they're terrible things that exist in the world still as a child, they existed as an adult, they still exist. And they're equally as scary now as they ever were. Um, (laughs) I kind of like realized as I, the first thing I said to Monica, I was like, well, I don't know. I guess like fun houses kind of, they're pretty weird mirrored fun houses. Like, wow why would anybody do that to themselves? But like I did every year when the fair came to town, heck yeah. Funhouse mirrors are freaky. They're, they're, I mean, a regular mirror already distorts your image, right? A regular mirror already makes you look warped. And then a mirror that is deliberately doing that to you is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just that. I mean, like the mate, the fun house, like mazes, that like you get trapped, you like walk through, but you can see people struggling with them from the outside. And you're like, come on. Like you just have to get from one side to the other. And you're like, here's my like ticket. And you walk in and you think like you can, you can beat it, right? Like you can look at the floor and you can follow the line. No, somehow these little like things that come in on trucks at like, like a, a carnival somehow have like done this magic of hiding the lines and you're just like trapped in an endless sea of yourself. What a nightmare. There's definitely a metaphor there too. Like you're just trapped, like looking at yourself for as long as you can before you escape and before you can walk out, you have to see yourself. (laughs) Every time you're like, listen, self, (laughs) I'm done looking at you and I'm about to leave. You turn around and there are like three more and then like infinitely more. And then that's, you know, terrifying. I think like mirrors are so crazy because it's like the first thing in your life, like as like a young, whatever, as like a child, the first time you see a mirror, that's the first time you understand the concept of disassociating from like how you feel and who you are and how you see the world to realize that like you're out there and in there at the same time. So mirrors are kind of like a seriously significant, like a reflection is so significantly terrifying period to have to realize that you are like outside of yourself, but not. Oh no. The existential dread is coming. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The existential dread. Um, But definitely being trapped inside of one of those things is terrifying. I think when I was like pretty young, I went to some sort of like shady after school, not that shady. This is going to sound bad. Some not, not that shady, but sort of shady after school thing where like somebody who was there like to show us scary movies 
And we did like the poltergeist series, which you should not do with small children after school. It's, <laughs> it's like rated definitely for don't show this to children is what it's rated. <laughs> um, and in poltergeist three, there is like this crazy mirror scene. That's like, it's a, there's a reflection in the window and this girl, the little girl's room, I forget her name. The little girl's room is like, oh, there's a wall of mirrors and all the weirdness happens in the mirrors and the guy comes, but it's in her face and her face looks old and oh my God, it's so scary. And, uh, he's like a window washer, like it, it, a ghost, a, a poltergeist window washer. And he like elevates up behind the, in the reflection. And in, when I was a kid, I, for some reason decided that that was a mirrored elevator even though that's not what it is, but that was my like translation of it was the scary mirrored elevator scene. I looked it up today. There is no (laughs) scary mirror elevator scene in poltergeist, but there is a really scary mirrored room scene. And I remember like stepping on, like, it's totally the same as like the mirrored funhouse maze. I remember stepping onto this like elevator. This is like years later. So I'd seen that as like a kid, right. Orthodontist office. So what, I don't know, like 12, right. And it's like the thing my mom would drop me off and I'd go by myself and get on the elevator and ride the elevator up to my orthodontist office. And then the elevator was mirrored on the inside. Like many elevators are (laughs) why, why would anybody do that? If I ever got on that elevator by myself, I, every time it happened, I was like, okay, you're a grown up. you're getting braces. (laughs) This makes you an adult. Um, you don't need to be scared of the poltergeist, like weird old man coming in to take you from this mirrored elevator. By the time I got to my orthodontist floor, which I'm pretty sure was like maybe the third or fourth floor, I was like about to pee my pants every time. Oh no. You poor thing. Oh my God. Well, it's so funny. It's like you just combined two fears that people have elevators Tons of people are afraid of elevators, either because of the heights or the claustrophobia. And also just like, maybe there's a ghost in the mirror in the elevator. Terrifying. And also window washers. What are they doing? Window washers are scary in this context. (laughs) Right. Right. I actually always think that is like the scariest, most dangerous job ever. Like, do we really need clean skyscrapers? Like, do we need that? Like, no, like not worth it. Like, how could it be worth it? But I am curious, Tasha, so you spoke about funhouse mirrors freaking you out. Not sure if you saw it, and I don't want to tell you to see it because it seems like it will traumatize you now, but have you seen it chapter two where there is a very iconic funhouse yeah. scene? It's what beautiful. It, what was your feeling about it? I mean, you're a horror filmmaker, so I imagine you appreciated it, but also- a hundred percent my feeling was this is so beautiful. <laughs> And screaming on the inside. Um, we actually, Fatal Collective actually went to the like it, uh, it to like live whatever thing. And they're the first thing you do is go through like the mirrored whatever maze thing. And I'm pretty sure there's video of me just screaming, dropping to the floor <laughs> at every single turn, just like dropping to the floor. That's my go-to scream and drop. Dropping is safe. You're tiny, you're little, you're safe. Drop to the floor. Anytime you're at a carnival, drop to the floor. <laughs> was that the thing on Hollywood Boulevard? It was like the big clown face. Yes. I did that too. And I thought they did such a good job, but for anyone not in LA, 
at for like a month, there was this giant clown face and carnival exhibit just like on basically I could guess it was like Hollywood and Vine. And it was like a full, it was a full terrifying carnival with like Pennywise inside. It was, it was spooky. Really <laughs> scary for adults. <laughs> Especially if you I'm, went with me, because I would just scream through the entire thing. You got to make it fun. You need that friend that's screaming, you know? A hundred percent. My like, my thought process with screaming at movies in scary Pennywise fun houses is that if you're not screaming, you're not doing it right. Because if you're the person in the room, that's like, I don't get scared of this. It's like, you're missing the fun. That's the fun of it. That's why we're here to get scared. Like, don't be better than it. Of course you can always be like, it's not real. It's not real. Cause it's not, or I mean, it's not, <laughs> but it's fun to get scared. So like, I'm all about like, I enter that and I'm just like, here we go. Like get scared. I'm going to scream my way through this whole thing. Yes. And actually, um, the new Candyman has a mirrored elevator scene. So I'm excited to see how that goes. I cannot wait to see the new Candyman. The original Candyman has like a pretty gnarly mirror scene. Yeah, it's actually Candyman is all about mirrors. I, the trailer, yeah. this isn't spoiling it, but the trailer uh, has the girls in the bathroom doing the Candyman in the in the mirror. And that just, I'm like, wow. Those dum-dums. Dum-dum. Dumb thing to do. The Candyman mythology is like akin to like Bloody Mary, right? So like Bloody Mary, you're, you say, oh my gosh, are there any mirrors in the room? I'm about to say this. Oh my God, be careful, Tasha. Bloody Mary, <laughs> Bloody Mary, three times. And you spin around and then, you know, Bloody Mary shows up and like takes her big long nails and I don't know, rips your eyes out or whatever she does. Um, when I was in like, I don't know, this must've been seventh grade. I was at a sleepover and we we took turns playing Bloody Mary. And I was in my friend's house. I didn't know my way around the house, but I kind of figured out, I was like, hold on. This is a wall with a mirror on it. There's a wall on the other side of this somewhere in this house. So I like pieced out and I went around the house when my friend was inside <laughs> the room and I found the other room. It was like a room I definitely shouldn't be in. Like her parent, I think it was like her parents' closet or something. <laughs> and I like went in there and I could hear her and I heard her, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And I took my fists on the wall and I pounded up and down the wall and oh my God, you've never heard such a scream. It was the best thing. Tears, absolute crying, like <gasps> the, the scaredest human ever. Thus began my career of scaring people. <laughs> yes. So Tasha is a riot at haunted houses and sleepovers. Yeah. Take me with you. I am fun. <laughs> um, Tasha, you had another fear that I was like, I need to hear more about this. So... Well, actually, I need to hear more about all of them, but specifically this one of thinking your house was on top of a volcano. Tell us about that. What if it was? It could have <laughs> been. Um, yeah, volcanoes, they're so cool. I feel like, I don't know, some volcano must have erupted when I was like young. I mean, definitely a volcano somewhere probably erupted. Like, I don't remember what it was. I'm sure, I saw it on the news or whatever. When Dante's Peak finally came out, by the way, I was like, see, this is what I was afraid of. Grandma's house. Uh, <laughs> Dante's Peak. It's actually the scariest horror movie out there. It's it's not. That's not what it is. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I moved like I lived. My mom and I um, 
my mom and I lived together. I, I grew up until I was seven in a single mom rock star home. Um, and when we moved out of our cool place, uh, in the flatlands, <laughs> we moved up onto a hill. So it was the first time I lived on a, any sort of a hill. And, um, and we moved into my, my dad who I, I call my dad, my stepdad, my dad, um, we moved into his house and it was on a hill and I don't know what happened, but one night I went to sleep and I was like, what if, you know, I think I'd learned about in class, maybe the volcanoes are mountains and you don't know. And like what they are and how we learned what volcanoes were. And like, hello, how about like in Italy? I mean, Pompeii that happened. They didn't know they're all dead. They would have been dead anyway by now, but But they were vaporized. They were vaporized. And I was like, they just didn't know. What if we just don't know? What if this tiny hill, it wasn't, it's not like I lived on like a big hill or anything. It was like barely up a hill, right? Like what if this tiny hill, what if the top of it is a volcano and we just don't know, and we're going to just be obliterated. And I don't, I don't know how many hours of sleep I lost being really concerned that it was going to go and nobody knew right in the middle of Southern California. Well, Tasha, we have a game that we play with all of our guests and we would love to play it with you. If you're down, I'm ready. Yes. Let's play okay, a game. This, let's play a game. Um, this game is called chill or chilling. And we run made up scenarios by you that have been roughly formulated based on what we know about you. And you can decide chill. I would do that. Sounds fun. Not scary or chilling. I could never do that. I'm too scared. I'm ready. Okay. Our next one is visit area 51. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's face these demons. Chill. Hey aliens. What up? So do you (laughs) believe in aliens? I guess is the other question. Oh my God. That's like a question that like one day I'll be like, yeah, a hundred percent. And like the next day I'll be like, I don't know. It seems kind of like if there were going to be like aliens, wouldn't there be other sen- like more sentient beings on earth? I don't know. Maybe animals are more sentient than we give them credit for, but, um, yeah. So like you'd like give me a day and I'll like give you one extreme answer and you give me another day and I'll give you the other extreme answer. Yeah. I feel like with aliens, it's like, you know, you want to say like, well, duh, they exist because how could we possibly think that of the whole universe, we're the only living things. But then on the other hand, it's like, then where are you, bitch? Like, I feel like we would have seen some by now. Okay. Where are you? <laughs> Here's the thought. I agree with you, except that, you know, how we're like far away from all the other like mess of solar systems and whatever. But besides that, if you like really trace it back to like, there was once the big bang, you would think that even if there were like civilizations in other places, wouldn't we all kind of be like about in the same technology place by about now? So like, maybe like we love, we love the idea of there's a superior thing, right? Like we're like, Oh God. Oh, aliens. Oh, like, I don't know. The Egyptians were like communicating with someone who like laid that down the pyramids, whatever. We love it. It's like so fulfilling. So like, we love thinking aliens would be superior, but like, what if they're just like kind of in the same evolutionary place where we are right now? I love it. The idea of a somewhat dumb alien. That's comforting. Did you just call humans dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, do you have our next one? Yeah. So spend the night in a haunted house with friends. Chill or chilling. <laughs> and there's also... 
it's free to say no. It's <laughs> I realize that like we never really give people like what's going to happen if you say this is too much for you? Like you yeah. don't really lose or gain anything. But <laughs> with friends, the with friends part makes it like kind of fun. Also with friends always makes shit scarier because you like feed on each other's scariness. I'm going to say no chilling, chilling, but you will have FOMO. That's the thing. <laughs> I will. I will not be in the Instagram photos, which will make me mad, but it's okay. I love how you started alive. giving, <laughs> you'll be alive. I love how you started giving reasons why you would do it and then said no. <laughs> <laughs> and pass. <laughs> I have to say you're kind of the person who I would be most afraid to go with because I feel like you would be the prankster and like, you know how in all the horror movies, there's always like, they go into the haunted house and then there's like one guy who pretends to be possessed by the ghost or like knocks on the mirror and it's like, ha ha, it's just me. He's usually played by like Matthew Lillard or or somebody of that era. That might be you in this case. And 100%, yet, but they always end up dead. I know, I, was, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah. be careful. <laughs> you get what was coming. <laughs> Although, also when um, Tasha, when I teased you at the beginning of the podcast, I was like, I feel like in some kind of haunted or murder scenario, Tasha's the survivor. I'm always like, I'm always like, Tasha's the one that's gonna get out of here. Yeah, I feel like in a real life scenario, like if there was a volcano and it was coming, like I would find my way out. I'd like build something out of like I don't know, like leaves and a branch or something and like escape out of there. However, in like a supernatural scenario, I, I don't feel like I know the rules well enough. Like I could really, I could really F it up pretty bad, I think. And just like be ghost meat, ghost like meat, meat for ghosts. I mean, that's a good point because every horror haunted horror scenario does come with its own set of rules that are not explained until almost the end. And it's not really fair. <laughs> Well, Tasha, it has been so fun chatting with you today. I feel like I learned even more about you. And I feel like you are simultaneously the friend who won't do the haunted house and the friend that is surviving the scary movie in one person. <laughs> well, that is like the biggest compliment I think I could ever receive. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us. So where can everybody find you now that they know all your fears and can exploit well, them on the internet? My address is, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no one here knows, can, can know my address. I do not want like fake volcano, like like kids, like uh, experimental volcanoes, like showing up. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am pretty active on the Instagram. Um, my uh, handle is Tasha Litas, which is a name that I, people started calling me when I was like, I don't know, in middle school, maybe that was that my punishment maybe for like scaring, scaring everyone. I started getting nicknamed Tasha Litas. Um, <laughs> also, uh, on all the other social things, but really I mostly don't do anything on the other social things. Cause it's scary. That's um, some yeah. current day scary <laughs> stuff. Just the internet. Yeah. The internet is scary. <laughs> Write me a letter. P.O. Box. <laughs> no, really. I love, I love connecting with people. I love like chatting with people on, on like Instagram and stuff. So like, I totally love, uh, love like finding new, cool, weird people. So yeah, come find me, come chat with me. 
Can anyone watch any of your like short films or anything like that online? Yeah, totally. Um, I have a short film that's on Crypt TV. Um, and you can just go to Crypt TV's um, channel and um, like, you just, I don't know, Google it. I, I think it's like a YouTube channel that's like dot Crypt TV or whatever. Um, and it's called Beauty Juice. Um, and it's kind of like a weird little bizarro land um, take on Beetlejuice slash meets the horrors of the beauty industry that we are all immersed in, in our lives. Um, I also am a part of Fatal Collective and you can find our stuff, um, at Screenbox, um, streaming on your fancy TV. If you have the Screenbox app, um, and like the other things like, I don't know, Tubi and stuff like that, Hulu, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but if you put in Fatal Collective, we have a cool, um, anthology of horror shorts, all female directed. Um, Monica is a part of Fatal Collective and will be a part of our feature project, which I'm super psyched about. Um, so that can certainly be found on the interwebs as well. Yes. And for Beauty Juice, um, I believe Lola Blanc is in Beauty Juice. And there is. she was also uh, interviewed by us in an earlier episode and is also part of Fatal. Yes. Yes, totally. Cool. Full circle. I love it. Well, thank you, Tasha, so much for being here and for sharing all of your fears with us. Yes. Thank you for having me and my fears. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Scaredy Chat. We hope you were a little scared and maybe a little relieved about your fears. And if you're having fun listening to this podcast, please rate and review and subscribe so you never miss it and you're ready with us every week. And hey, make sure you follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at scaredychat underscore podcast. And maybe you have a fear and you're wondering if other people are afraid of it too? Well, we probably are, but you should email us your fears at story at scaredychatpod.com and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Till next time, scaredy cats. Bye. Security Chat was developed and hosted by Caitlin Riley and Monica Moore Suryagi. Produced by Jeff Swimmer. Editing and sound design by Fitz Harris. Theme music by Eric Fashingbauer, with samples by Jeff Zahn and Jack Lenz. And Gail Gilman is the executive producer. Hold up. 